This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome, movie lovers, to Anatomy of Movie here at Popcorn Talk. We learn and talk about key to happiness of life, so stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk, we talk movies. And now. Here's Popcorn Talk's Anatomy of a Movie. That was brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. I, I promise you that is the last French accent I'll do in a while. <laughs> Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Anatomy of a Movie, where we are dissecting Super Troopers 2, the sequel to Super Troopers, of course. And today we have a different panel than normally, but hey, you know what? You guys might know him over from another anatomy show, Action Movie Anatomy, Andrew Guy. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm so happy to be here. It's been, like I was telling you, it's been three years since I've been on the show. I came on for uh, Jurassic World, which is much different than Super Troopers, but my God, do I love this movie. Well, there you go. And we have J.B. Zimmerman. What's going on, guys? Uh, happy to be here as well. Um, I'm a huge fan of, of the franchise now, of Super Troopers, now that there's two. Uh, and hopefully there's more. I thought this one was great. I mean, just as good as the first, my opinion. Absolutely. And I'm Phil Speedtech, and JB and I actually hosted a couple of shows over on AfterBuzz TV. He still does a lot of other shows there, so check him out on those shows. Yeah. What you got currently going on? Uh, well, uh, we just wrapping up Suits, because that uh, finale just happened. Obviously with the big uh, Meghan Markle news and everything. Uh, her being a princess, or about to be. Um, and Into the Badlands is just starting up, so that's on Mondays. You guys should definitely check it out. It's a great sh- a show on AMC. Well, there you go. All right, so a couple of things for you, the fans. As you guys are watching or listening, understand that we're a little bit spoiler-filled, so we assume that you've seen the movie, and at this point, if you haven't, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. What are you doing with your life? Number two, if you guys want to follow along in the description, there's a PDF. It's a link that you guys can click and follow along, so you know you guys get the full enjoyment. Um, besides that, we'll, we'll we'll touch on a lot of things: story development, their Kickstarter, and kind of where they're at, and could there possibly be a third Super Troopers? So we'll talk about all that. But before we do, I know you guys kind of said a little bit, but uh, you know, overall thoughts. If you guys can expand a little bit further on why you love Super Troopers too. You want to go first? Um, I, I mean, there's so much to unpack there. I, I, for me, it was really nice, especially with sequels. Like, you know, there's always a concern that it doesn't do the the movie justice. I mean, like, Super Troopers is one of the biggest cult classics, I think, or at least of of my upbringing. Uh, and another one that kind of came to mind was Boondock Saints. And when they mm-hmm. did a sequel, that for me really didn't live up to my expectations. Uh, this totally did, and in a lot of ways, more so. I mean, I think the pressure is ob- obviously on a uh, sequel to kind of bring back the the comedy and everything, and, and, you know, obviously the original has the originality, so they kind of are fighting against that. But I thought they did a great job kind of making a story that was similar but different and kind of expanded on what they built from the first one, and there's a bunch of funny Easter eggs for people who are huge fans in terms of the jokes, uh, recurring characters, bringing back, like, old faces. Um, and I just thought they did a really good job with the writing. Like, it not only succeeded as 
a sequel, but on its own as well, which is pretty tough, I think. Yeah. Uh, so for me, it's like hanging out with your old buddies. Like this movie, the original one came out 17 years ago. And so with all these things happening with like Infinity Wars, a 10 year journey, Logan's ending up that that's been 20 years. And like all these things are kind of coming full circle back around. I don't know if that just means we're getting older. I think that's half of it. Unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so so like I I went into this with high expectations, but with also just being like, I know I'm going to be happy no matter what, because I'm hanging out with these dudes. 17 years ago, I fell in love with these guys before I'd ever smoked weed, before I'd ever partied and done anything, uh, you know, because this came out in 2001. I wasn't even in high school yet. So I was kind of laughing at things that I thought I knew I was laughing at. And then you go into college, you get a little older, you get life experience, and you're like, oh my God, this is amazing. So for me, going into the second one, it was just like, what jokes are they going to reuse? What are these guys going to do that I've missed for so long? Um, and they completely delivered, man, on, on, on every level. Yeah, what, you know, when you talk about the fear of sequels, I think part of that too, when you, whether it's Boondock Saints or Zoolander 2, right. th- there's just such a disconnect in terms of time, right? And so this, as you, you mentioned, Andrew, uh, 17 years, that's, that's a long time. And so that pressure builds in that way to have it be good. And unfortunately, with with um, Boondock Saints two and and Zoolander two, man, yeah. they were stinkers. And so right. I was worried about that going into this. But man, it just blew me away. And part of it maybe was the audience that I saw it with, where everyone was just on board laughing. I think that had a lot to do with it. And so I appreciate everyone there. Um, and yet, I thought it was different enough, and enough of the same. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what's a, a cool thing about it is, like, everyone in that theater, especially with all the movies that are out right now, especially, you know, Infinity War being the biggest one and in A Quiet Place just kicking ass, is, like, everyone that was at that screener, you knew everyone in there was dying to see the second Super Troopers. You know, I was at a, a press screening for Kodachrome, and uh, there was a line around the corner for Super Troopers, and they actually had the red carpet for Kodachrome with, like, Ed Harris there, and there was, like, no one paying attention to it. But there was hundreds of people there for Super Troopers, too. And you know what I appreciate, too? Like, objectively, I feel this is a good movie. It's a good comedy. And even if you didn't necessarily see the first one, I think this one still works. You know, you just kind of have to buy in the premise that, oh, America has more land in Vermont. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, and, and just I, figured it out. I think that's what was really cool about this one specifically was that, like, it, the plot made sense. Like, it was actually kind of smart, too. Like, for a movie like Super Troopers where you don't really expect that to be you know, a big selling point of, of the material. You know, obviously they're kind of banking on the fan base kind of going to see it regardless of if, of if it's really good or, or literally just one fart joke after another. You know, and granted, there's a lot of that slapstick humor, which we've come to love from the first one. Uh, but it really, like, had its own story. And it was, like, r- realistic. And, you know, like, there was a moment where I was like, oh, that actually is kind of a smart plan <laughs> like that, that they're fighting up against. And it was, like, a really cool moment that, you know, to kind of juxtapose with the slapstick humor that they – the, all the dialogue is. Like, the plot – like, actually – if that were – like, that could actually happen today. Like, you could see this – actually going down yeah the MacGuffin of like the the drug smuggling that was going on you're kind of watching like damn that's like a good idea yeah if this is gonna happen yeah, maybe the... i need to jump in on vermont land and you know go stash stuff in bushes right. yeah like passive smuggling like yeah. that's a, a concept i've never really heard of but i'm sure it's done in, in that scenario like it was kind of a cool original storyline that i haven't seen before at all 
then you, you know when there's so much talked about in terms of border control, more specifically like Mexico, mm-hmm. but this just flips it with our other neighbors. And, right. You know, we th- there's always that just American humor about our relationship with them, and so it, there's a, a lot of levels to it. Um, the only one that seemed dated at, in the movie was the Stephen Hawking one. Right. <laughs> yeah, because because he yeah obviously passed yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I felt that way too, and I think that was probably just like the bad luck. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was interesting. I think them picking on Canada is kind of an inter- it's just kind of a weird thing. Like we're oh, in a lot of ways, society's very like hyper vigilant and like super PC about you know racism. You know with with everything going on in the media, like people are very sensitive to it. But they kind of found you know a very like thin line where it's like sort of socially acceptable. Like you know, Canada is in a lot of ways, um, you know, it, I don't know. It's just a weird thing where it's like okay, it's like socially acceptable we, to yeah. pick on them. We as Americans and, like, like make fun of them. Love to be somewhat racist towards Canadians, you right? Know, even back to like the South Park song "Blame Canada" winning an Oscar back in yeah. two thousand one, which is funny. That's when the original came out. But yeah, I think. I think you know is the moment in the trailer when they show you anything with Mounties, you're like, all right, I'm going to get a bunch <laughs> of really dumb Canadian jokes, French Canadian jokes, like accents and all that. And you're, but you want to, you want to watch these guys be idiots. That's why we love them so much. Well, let me also ask you guys this: as far as Broken Lizard, uh, it seems like you guys are fans, but like, where would you rank the other movies? And where I'm ultimately headed with this, like, when you look at Beer Fest, that also had a cultural meshing right. as far you know in that case it was the Germans and yeah. versus the Americans of like oh I remember my first beer <laughs> yeah so and good. jokes like that right so I, I thought it worked but A can you speak to like your love of, of just the Broken Lizard films and B specifically how you thought you know their use of just themes is it similar and across the movies or different for you um, I don't know about themes being completely similar. I don't know if I even thought that deeply into it. But I have seen all of Broken Lizard's films, um, even Slam and Salmon. Uh, Club Dread is great. But Super Troopers and Beer Fest are my two favorites. You know, I think those are pretty much hailed or regarded as the two best films. Um, but one thing I noticed about this one that I didn't see in Beer Fest was that they were almost confined by the relationships and the jokes that they'd already built in this world that I think it almost suffered a little bit. Whereas in Beer Fest, they were in this brand new world. You didn't know what to expect. All these new characters, you know, Farva having an evil twin brother, essentially, or, you know, that type of thing. (laughs) You can just buy into it because it's like, I want to see these people, like I said, doing dumb shit, but in a different world. And in Beer Fest, I think it really exceeded. And they were able to take those jokes to the next level. And we all know, I mean, German jokes, Russian jokes, Canadian jokes, like those are all things that we've become very familiar with in American cinema. Um, And I think that, it just it, it hindered them a little bit in this movie, sticking so closely to the themes and the jokes from the first one. Yeah, no, I, in a lot of ways I agree. I mean, Beer Fest is probably my favorite overall, just because it came out when I was in college and it was like a perfect time for so for me. It, um, the subject matter hits home, um, but I mean, I think it's you know obviously Super Troopers when that came out, it's it's just a blast. Like cops. And, like, them screwing with you is, like, one of the best concepts. Like, they can, obviously, that idea has a lot of legs. Uh, But I agree, like, this being a sequel, I think they were a little locked in to who the characters could be. Like, Farva, for instance, we all knew he was, like, he's just, like, that asshole character. So for this, they kind of really try to exemplify that. And there's certain scenes where, like, you know, showing him um, at the town hall meeting, like, you know, by (laughs) sounding like... 
<laughs> making people like you know pretty much initiating that whole um like riot basically and they really kind of him i think more than any of the other characters they kind of push to be that like person to hate yeah uh more more so than than how he was in the first one just because like okay we've realized over time like who this character actually is let me ask and they kind of made him more of like a Cartman guy. Yeah. As just a quick side tangent, as far as he's concerned, is he the most un-American character you've ever met? He shoots a bald eagle. <laughs> uh, <laughs> can't get the Pledge shoots. of Allegiance right. He doesn't know the yeah. the words yeah. to it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he definitely, his heart's there. His heart is there. He's not really there up here, though. Got Mentally, it. as they yeah. say. Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> well, he's just, oh, man, there's so many moments where like and I think they did a good job of, of doing this like you know making him a complicated character as he even mentions um, you know like one of his lines is that cause he like he chews pills but swallows <laughs> M&M's whole like who does that, that who so swallows M- like that's such a random idiosyncratic trait but like it was cool that they kind of thought about like how to build this person and like how he is kind of weird. Like, you know, at, at one time he's botching the national anthem at, like, the seemingly most inappropriate time ever. But at the same time, he allows the, the group to kind of get a contingency plan and, like, you know, grab the guns. And it's kind of a distraction thing. So it's it's a weird balance of, like, is he that dumb? Is he so dumb that he's smart? Like, is – like, you know what I mean? Like, it's – Well, what's interesting when – on the – you know, when you think about writing and what is a complicated character, you most people wouldn't answer with, "Oh, well, he Rod Farva." Right. <laughs> yeah, Rod. Farva. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, just the idea that you're swallowing M and M's but chewing <laughs> drugs, right? That that on the surface level, that doesn't make you a complicated character. Right. <laughs> but I think what's so interesting about that Very is he, true. we all know that guy. I, I I can tell you right now, his name is Jeremy Slater. I roomed with him for four years, and he was Farva. He was mm-hmm. like. He was very smart, but he, he was like he was so dumb. He was smart, you know what I mean. Right. And he was just like loud and big and obnoxious. We all loved him. We all were annoyed to death by him most of the time, but we still loved him, you know. So I think that's my favorite thing about Farva is he's he's so relatable. We all have this person in our life who is just like, you know, he's got a heart of gold, but uh, well, well he doesn't really have a heart of gold. He's kind of yeah. just an idiot, but I love him, you know. Well, they they, they played that extremely well because a, you know. I believe that to be true, but then they use that in the movie to have a Canadian counterpart to him. Yeah. Right. <laughs> to, to illustrate, ever. yeah, even yeah. Canadians have that. <laughs> you want some creme fraiche? Yeah. yeah. That guy, I, I don't know his name, the actor, but that guy was amazing. Yeah. Absolutely hilarious. Great, great. Uh, like, and when they meet in person, <laughs> they're just like, uh, that moment uh, is so good. What is the realization of that moment? Is it like, okay. All right, I see you. Or is it like we are one? We are the same, you and I. Like, what is what is the moment that they have in their head there? I don't. For me, like, yeah, I I think it's just they're just stunned. They're like they don't know how to react because it's like literally like a dog seeing itself in the mirror. Right. It's just like <laughs> yeah. what? Like they don't even they can't even wrap their head around it. So they like just move on and like okay, part of it's a consensus that the world's just not ready for us to be in a world yeah, together too far so we have to yeah. S- like yeah. you do just you like, yeah. and I'm gonna do me and just don't interfere yeah and we're I okay. wanna watch a movie with just the two of them just hanging out for an hour oh uh, they would annoy the crap out of each <laughs> yeah. other no that's the thing because they would kill, kill each, each other, other. Yeah. yeah. In, in essence they both wanna be alpha males 
even though they're completely right. not, and they would just butt heads. So it's, yeah. Yeah, and they're like, you know, obviously delusional about it to a certain extent. Like their overconfidence is such, it's like such a disconnect from reality where I, I legitimately believe Farva thinks he is like more attractive than, than <laughs> Mac or like actually has a chance with Sloan. Yeah, the, um, his overconfidence is amazing. And you know the moment when he's like, Loser has to cut off their toe with a shovel. Yeah, and everyone's like, yeah. you should take that back. You need to like, take that yeah, back. You should like, oh my god, yeah. he's gonna cut his toe off with a shovel by the end of this movie. And he like ups the ante for no reason. Like <laughs> he's like, but I didn't even take the bet. He's gotta drink. What is he blend the yeah, toe blend up and the drink toe. smoothie? Which he does. Even like uh, uh, I, there's that oh, after credit scene, so if you guys um, have seen it or are going to see it, make sure you stay till the end of the credits because he drinks that toe. And yeah. likes it. Of course he does. Yeah. The fact that he just did it to begin with without any sort of... Yeah, he was, <laughs> no yeah, one was like, him it was to just it. came out of left field. I was like, dude, what? Like, we were not... No one was talking about betting at all. To be fair, that is the spirit... If, if you're going to do any bet with anybody, like, that's the type of person you want to do a bet with. Oh, right. definitely. Not in terms of, like, who you're going to win or lose against, but as far as them upholding... The sanctity, <laughs> right? Yeah, of that does. bet. Just like, I, and again, yeah. After he lost the bet, uh, he just like does does it by his own volition. Like, no one's like Farva, you lost the bet. Here's a shovel. We just hear him in the background. Absolutely. Again, very inappropriate time uh, to to handle that, but. You know, speaking of inappropriate, Rob Lowe in this movie was just incredible. I I think what's so great about Rob Lowe is that he's become like a caricature of himself. So now when you see him in anything, you're just like, oh man, I'm so excited to see Rob Lowe be whatever he's going to be in this movie. But it's never like, it's not him acting anymore. It's like him being Rob Lowe as a character. And he was hilarious in this. He's he's very transformative in in that unique way. And I I do agree with you. I I thought it was absolutely amazing and just. The fact what makes him so great is he just goes for it. Yeah, he the, he uses a penis as a punching bag yeah. and and has no remorse. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was definitely one of those scenes in the movie where you're like, "Yep, this is a broken lizard movie right now." This this <laughs> moment right here where he's he's speed bagging the dick is. is great. Yeah, uh, I mean that moment. I when I watched it for the first time, I was like, "Wow!" Like where it had so many po- possibilities when they come into you know initiating the American laws. You know all these cool things of Canada. Uh, you know, like a the brothels are totally a okay. Beers, yeah, they've like way high proof uh, beer is is totally cool. So to like convince a group of people that things that they've grown up as being totally fine are no are like illegal now would be insanely hard. And so like you know that kind of set up a major part of the premise with the you know finding these stash houses of of pills and Flava Scotia. But you know I I thought it was a really interesting way in and like that's an aspect of of Canada I didn't really realize. And I think like again to a credit of the script that would be so hard. Like if they were actually forced to make a community a town even like Convince them that like all these cool things are off off the list now. Well, even even just the basic premise of they're they're changing the kilometers to miles, right? And you know, just, uh, comedy aside, you're changing everyone's literal standard for things, right? Right, and and they, you know they make comments comment about Americans being the only people that still use that system and how we need to get with the program. And it's true because the whole time that they're doing height weight 
distance, any sort of measurement in centimeters or meters, kilometers, whatever, I just have no idea what anything weighs or any, you know, I'm just like in the dark. Well, yeah, the conversion is ridiculous. Um, And it's, it's weird because we're so used to our system that it is normal for us. But again, like, it would be as confusing. Like, when they change, like, I... 80 kilometers, I have no really, I, like, it's no so idea. hard for me to think about how fast that is. So it's pretty much the same when they replace that sign with, like, miles per hour. You know, what, the, those what was people the equation? are like, what the hell? It's yeah. like, you gotta double it and add 32. Or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah. You're like, God, it's so difficult. <laughs> and yeah, in their mind, I like, I, the humor of it being like, yeah, this is it's so the simple. the easiest like, thing ever. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Um, speaking of Rob Lowe, I, 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 just to kind of... Um, put a bow on him one of the things I appreciate about him is that he can do comedy so well and yet whether he's playing um, Kennedy or so forth he, he has this natural ability to just go from one to the other so seamlessly yeah I mean he's a Rob Lowe's a, a pretty damn good actor and I think it's almost his skills almost been diminished by his career because like a lot of the things that he's done has been forgotten about or you know like when I when I think Rob Lowe I think TV and I think Tommy Boy you mm-hmm. know what I mean and, and that doesn't really do his career justice because um, he's had a really interesting and awesome career, and like we were talking about earlier, he's a pretty damn talented actor. So, uh, I mean, maybe this would be like a, another launching point in his career to like get back into feature film. Maybe if someone saw him go all for it in a movie like this, they'd be like, "All right, let's get him in like a." I mean, no offense to this, but like a real, like a real, like a blockbuster, you know, no. something like that. I mean, hey, if I if I had the money and if I had a movie, listen, Rob yeah, Lowe has Lowe. a place in my movie. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it, it's a it really interesting uh, balance that he's able to work with, you know, him, like him being so recognizable, but also, you know, his commitment to acting. Like, he can just kind of own whatever character and kind of dial up and dial down, like, the Rob Lowe-ness of it. Um, and I think he's really comfortable kind of playing on, you know, you know, obviously he's a very attractive dude, so he's, like can play that villain character but like still charismatic enough so like you like him but it's like there's he plays it with something a little off like uh Wayne's World um mm-hmm. comes to mind you know him in that like it's it starts off great and it's like there's some little characteristic that he has that he can kind of like slowly bring out and so it's just like an untrustworthiness like you're always weary of him even though, like, he seems like the best guy ever. I mean, a mayor that, like, owns a bar- brothel and stuff. So, like, that's ridiculous. And he's obviously a local legend um, in the community, being huge in hockey. Um, he was, yeah, the explosion. A second. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was the, the Halifax. I love how they, like, go into death. <laughs> he, like, tells the whole story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh yeah, I think they really succeed um, with surrounding themselves with like grounded, really talented actors. With Emmanuel Shikri, Rob Lowe, and and Brian Cox being like these secondary characters, it helps ground the world around them. Even though they're all ridiculous, because those three are so talented that that our guys can kind of go nuts in the world that they've grounded. You know what I mean? Yeah. What did you guys think of the the relationship, the the, the love? I don't know if it's a triangle particularly. <laughs> yeah. It's not right. a very strong triangle. Yeah. If it is, but. Uh, it felt necessary, you know. There was the there was Charlie's Angel in the first one, and you see her for a minute in this. Uh, I think it was necessary that Rabbit got a little bit of love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, it. yeah, the the rookies gotta get some, something, and I, and I think you know they do a good job. Broken Lizard 
does a good job overall kind of rewarding the people within their group. Like, you know, they're obviously Farva is the butt end of a lot of jokes in the Super Trooper series, but in Beer Fest, you know, he's kind of the hero. Like, he's the only one that, like, re- he, like, Landfill, like, is the one that, like, lets them win because he can drink so much. Um, so I think they do a good job of, you know, even though Rabbit is obviously picked on uh, because he's the rookie. He For get, years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Still, yeah. Uh, but he gets the girl. And, yeah, Emmanuel is incredibly hot. Yeah, the, the only thing with him and his storyline that uh, I just couldn't watch him get his penis. So I can't even say it. Wait, which part? When, when, oh, yeah. It's when the, the tip. The, oh, the yeah. end. Oh, oh, God. Yeah, that was pretty brutal. Yeah, I mean, it played for a good joke as far yeah. as the Japanese flag joke. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I but, died. I died laughing funny. at that part. Uh, <laughs> I was also really happy that she came back and uh, and was like, we should hang out, you know, mm-hmm. talk about French, whatever, afterwards. Because I was like, did she just play him? Because I really liked the two of them on screen together. But, yeah. it come. She's down with OPP. Yeah. <laughs> you know <Yeah>. me. <laughs> Yeah, that Japanese flag uh, joke so I think good. might have been the best moment of the movie. For yeah, me. it was, it was pretty just so unexpected. Dying. Pretty funny. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I was so like that, how they had him all wrapped up. Also, <laughs> I don't know. I'll have to see it again and take a closer look. I'm pretty sure Rabbit is wearing like women's underwear in that part. Oh, like I was I like, can't confirm fuck? or deny. I would, I would, I would totally. Pretty it. sure. Yeah, would, would bet s- would would wouldn't bet my toe, but uh, <laughs> pretty <shovel>? close. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, uh, good stuff. Um, what are, what new jokes did you guys like the most? And then conversely, we can talk about which which recycled stuff you guys liked, whether it were the bear stuff and whatnot. Ooh, that's a really good question. There's some... uh, I mean, the, I, honestly, you just saying that right now, the Japanese flag joke was probably the moment that I laughed the hardest in the theater. Um, and then that guy, that the the French Farva. The Canadian Farva, every moment that he was only on screen for probably 30 seconds of this whole movie, but he was my favorite part by a mile. Just his face. He had a, he, even though he wasn't on screen, that, that, the presence of having <laughs> built him up yeah. and knowing so what good. he represents, yeah, I think that's, that's pretty good. Pretty good. I, I would have to say, honestly, the, the dream scene in the beginning. Like, that caught me so <laughs> off guard because I, you know, I was so excited to kind of be back in this world and see where the characters are, you know, after so long. You know, for them to kind of throw a curveball was a really cool intro, I thought. And, like, obviously it's not something that they were able to do in the first one. But it was a, you know, I it was such a funny alternate reality. Um, and, uh, like, especially when uh, they get on the bus and he's like, yeah, you know, it'd be funny if you're right when your buddy gets on, you just kick him in the nuts. <laughs> yeah, it's just... I was like, I just instantly started laughing. It was like, just set a... Amazing tone for the movie. Because, you know, again, you we're all worried that it's not going to live up to the potential. And for, like, in that moment, like, all of my worries were gone. Yeah, it, put, like, it put you right back in it. We're, yes, yeah. this is going to be a good ride. Listen, kicking people in the balls is never going to go out of style. <laughs> yeah, Always exactly. going to be funny. Hilarious. Unless it's you. Yeah. you. <laughs> you just got to watch out for that. What about you? What was your favorite recycled joke? Or, I mean, uh, new joke. I, I, I One of my favorite gags was when they were pretending to be uh french and or french canadian and they they just the way they spoke in front of the american couple that to me just them reciting the most bs cordon bleu and <laughs> yeah. sucker blue and 
See, I, the like, toilet. That's another great moment. Like that scene was hilarious, but like again, they found that perfect line. Like it's okay, really, to make fun of French people, and they like blatantly pretend to be speaking French, and it sounds similar enough. And they're able to pull it off, like, non-offensively. Like, I don't even know if there's another language that you can do that with that wouldn't have, like, an outcry of, you know, public people being like, that's the worst, that's so racist. Right, because people speak to, like, especially because we live in L.A., people speak, like, we know a lot of Spanish. Right. Like, we just know that. But not a lot of people know, like, full sentences in French. And so for them to go through and basically deliver, like, a monologue each of just words that we all know, from yep. just living in America, hearing these French words was was actually pretty damn impressive with the writing. Like I went through yeah. and I was like, "Wait, every single thing that they're saying, other than like the first two lines that were actually in French, I was like, is just a word that we use in English because we don't want to change it." You know, like yeah. "eau de toilette" or "le cordon bleu." Yeah, I wonder <laughs> how much of that was like improv that they were just uh, yeah. like you know saying just like random stuff. If it uh, was, that's damn good input. Yeah. That's very knowledge impressive. of French. Uh, yes. Well, again, in, in the credit scene, they, they have a uh, small clip of it that's like a blooper, and Max kind of saying his, and it's a, a completely different thing that's a, a lot longer and a, lot, a little bit more specific. Uh, and so they obviously like had to dial it down. Um, but it's pretty cool. Like, I mean, they were able to kind of integrate, like, random, like, you kind of, your ear catches. Uh, funny things that, like Cordon Bleu, like like Mesra, uh, and it, it's just Chateau Marmont. Yeah, Chateau, Chateau Marmont. I was like, Jesus, here we go. Uh, but it still like legitimately sounds French enough where it's like, oh, it's a little off, but it's like close enough where maybe they're saying something. What I uh, and the the button on the joke is just them completely then talking English, and of course. Uh, yeah, the key to happiness is a oh, penis yeah. in your asshole. Yeah. Penis in your asshole. God. I don't know how they found that line, but brilliant. Like, that was, the I was just like, bravo. I wanted to, like, stand up and clap. I, I mean, it just made sense. I mean, the, the, the guy's with his wife, and you would, just, yeah. they're just yeah. egging him on. I'm yeah. like, hey, did you put your penis in her asshole, Yeah, he's like, I'm trying to tell her that. Yeah, because even through the first half so of the good. joke, when they're like, a penis, like happiness, and I was like, "In your asshole!" I was like, "What yeah. is it?" I was like, "I was like trying to get there before they did, and I just couldn't do it." So when they said, it in, "In your household," I was like, "Ah, brilliant, great writing, great writing." Uh, also, when they like roll up to the car on the horses, Mac like hold, <laughs> holding, holding the red light, uh, the siren was pro- it was a fantastic moment. Yeah, absolutely. And I love how they didn't, like, overuse the, like, ho- on horseback mounting yeah. thing. Like, that was pretty much the only time we saw them with horses. And, it, like, obviously that scene crushed it. But, I, th- uh, you know, I was worried that they would go too into, like, the easy jokes mm-hmm. like that. Uh, but I thought, you know, obviously with just that scene, like, they kept it super clean and, and hilarious the whole time. What did you guys, uh, f- before we get into the production stuff, what did you guys think about the, the mounties in particular? <laughs> I thought they were pretty funny. Yeah, um, I was a fan. yeah. I love Will Sasso. Yeah, I really do. I love to see him show up anywhere because he always does a great job at whatever role he's given. And like his accent and his like speech intonation and pattern in this was very funny. All of them were great. Yeah, no, I I liked that aspect a lot, uh, almost more so than the first Super Troopers because the the bad guys, quote unquote, in that one they weren't likable. Like, these guys, like, you were actually able to have fun with. Like, yeah, they were sort of, you know, on the villain side, but they were still 
you know, they still had funny lines. Yeah. You know, then dude, like, fucking a moose. Uh, a moose. But obviously, necessity. Obviously, a I would get a ladder. Yeah, but I would find one and I would fuck that moose. Um, and, you know, when, the, the Danny DeVito conversation. Oh, Cracked me up so hard. You know who's a great villain? It's that penguin. Yeah. <laughs> like, Goddamn, dude! <laughs> it's I the same guy. Um, we go through this? I love, I love so the backstory funny. to that joke because Danny DeVito was a producer on the first right, one, right. and so they just <laughs> recycled that into this. That was that was the nugget of inspiration needed for that. I was really <laughs> yeah. hoping he was going to show up at one point. I love Danny yeah, DeVito uh, so much. Nice cameo. Oh, that would have been funny. So that's funny. the guy from... Yeah, that's <laughs> the guy! <laughs> no, that's Danny from DeVito. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So funny. Like, that was... Yeah, I really enjoyed that um, aspect of, like, you know, they were able to show enough of the rapport between the guys where, like, it's like you got kind of... That they were the equivalent. Like we really haven't had like the equals, um, but it was cool how they brought back like counterparts. You know, obviously we talked about Farva, but um, just in general for for the cops, and they had their own games. Well, what's what's nice when you when you kind of look at it, they're able to take surface level stuff. So when you talk about the cliches, and just go so deep with it. Okay, Canada hockey beer and just hockey in general right, right? and so they're watching hockey who would call during yeah, the hockey, hockey game in canada <laughs> yeah, exactly and the fact that that then becomes a very specific you know aspect of their lives right. that, yeah, that's funny the just have a pizza delivered in overtime yeah it's like all the subtle jokes are, are they're almost the best parts whereas like the hit you over the head comedy stuff is like this is fun and i'm laughing but it's like that stuff is like brilliant you know yeah. Um, all right, so let's let's talk about the production aspects. Specifically, let's let's talk about them trying to create it. All in all, over about thirty-seven drafts, they would say to this. Um, and one of the things uh, I kind of appreciate, they have this willingness to tell themselves, like every time we wrote a draft, it just got better and better, and they're like, "Oh, now we're so excited." Those other drafts sucked. Yeah, I wonder how different each draft was. Was it just like you know a couple scenes here and there? Was it a well, full? Like- I know that there, they, originally the first idea for Super Troopers 2 was they wanted to set it in the 70s and like mm-hmm. be like their dads or like their, you know, them on the force back then. But then they were so worried that that era held such a close place in people's hearts, their audience's heart, that they'd just botch it. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's, I think if you go to Wikipedia, there's like a few different renditions that they had up there of other story ideas that were all like interesting enough. But it is pretty impressive for a team like this that's been writing together for so long to have that many different iterations even 10 years later still being like no we can make this better we can change it you know and then they did in the first one they had a rule a joke every six seconds which is quite an insane right. rule wow, yeah. yeah uh this one i'd have to do a whole count version where i watch this but yeah i think it holds up to that standard that's crazy while keeping the plot yeah no i mean i think if you average it out they would definitely get there i mean just uh, Farva alone probably gets pretty close just because he I mean not all of his, his jokes are good which is on purpose obviously like with all the the jokes about cock and like in, when they're doing construction yeah, and uh, the really it, bad ones a lot of the jokes too what's great about this movie you have to see it twice simply for the fact that you're gonna miss these jokes I right. remember I remember seeing the tire joke and that was funny enough to me but I had to see it a second <laughs> yeah. time where they make a joke about oh you didn't get tired of tossing the tire uh, yeah <laughs> which is like yeah. so dumb but so funny just like yeah. a really quick pun 
But I missed it the first time yeah. because everyone was laughing on the first right. big one. Uh, yeah, she's just... never played Throw the Tire on the Roof. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so dumb. <laughs> I'm like, no. Of course not. Yeah, I, I, it's really cool how they, uh, you know, pull out these kind of random things. Like a pretty, like, overarching storyline is this Fred Savage incident. It's like so, <laughs> it's so random and specific, but it's hilarious. Like, you know, like how they came up with, like, Fred Savage being uh, like you know this ride along going wrong. Uh, I was waiting the whole movie to see that. I was so glad yeah, they showed it in the post. Thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Although I feel like it's not really their fault because technically the fire department kills him. Why well, so, like, got you know, shot? Why did they? Why did they get fired? Well, because they they, they let him go up the tree. Let him climb okay. the tree. <laughs> he was not supposed to go yeah. up the tree. Get away from the fire department for that. Well, we get here first, and then we call the fire department, and they get the cat down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, with the production, uh, it's it's interesting that like, I think that with the GoFundMe like that, it's it's so interesting that you're gonna have you have this massive audience already like in seats. You know what I mean? Like as as soon as this movie's coming out, you know every single person that donated is gonna go to see your movie. Whereas so many times with comedies coming out, you just kind of hope that your audience is gonna be there. So I, I think with the with the GoFundMe with this movie it was actually way more beneficial to its marketing than if it would have just come out on its own as a, as just a its sequel. Yeah, I, I see two sides to, to it in the, in the sense of, like, if you're a Christopher Nolan movie, I want it to be as kept secret as possible. But with a movie like this, I, I appreciate the journey for fans to be able to go. And you don't have to give me all the spoilers, don't give away all the jokes, but the fact of, like, oh, here, we're going to be in Canada, we're going to be doing this, blah, blah, blah. I think that's something special. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, uh, we were talking about the different versions. Um, I think they realize that people come to Super Troopers to see these characters, like, in the roles that we love. Like, it was a little, um, you know, like, with them being promoted to actual, like, real cops at the end of Super Troopers 1. Like, I think they did a great job of realizing why people like this movie because of the shenanigans they can pull and, and... for, so for them to figure out, like, okay, they have to be fired from that so that we can go back to square one and get them, like, from, um, you know, a different side and, like, then back in. Um, so they kind of – they I think they did find a really authentic way um, and very super troopers way <laughs> to get them both fired and then, like, rehired to to their old jobs where they do have a little bit more leeway um, other than just, you know, actual – local cops that are, like, super bureaucratic. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. Um, absolutely. You, you know, and overall, this is the, 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 quite a success. Like, when you, when you talk about um, in terms of the fans coming out and, 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 you know, the success of all of this, the fact that it was number one on a Friday and, you know, and then the money it made, people had it projected completely wrong as far as what it was going to do. Um, and it just... Blew it out of the water, and I'm and I'm happy for them. Yeah, me too. I mean, I don't know if I'm like dying to see a third one. I don't know if that'll kind of for me kill the franchise because I don't know where they're going to go from this one. But at the same time, if it were to come out in five years or two years or in ten years, I would go and watch it definitely. Um, and then for it to do as well as it did, I'm just happy. I'm happy for those dudes because they're funny and they're great and they love what they do and they all work together they're friends it's just kind of like you know uh, us living in LA you know so many groups of creatives that are just gunning for it and they're just like one of them that did you know they all met in college and stuff and so uh, for me to see them make that much money and get a crowdfunded movie is just like fuck yeah awesome 
Yeah, no, I think it's it's really cool to see both, you know, as these uh, the, the actors can pull it off, but they also write it. So it's like their commitment to each project is so huge. Uh, and I think that's really cool. I'd love to see them do sort of another concept because, you know, obviously as much as I love Super Troopers and wanted a sequel immediately f- for them to kind of change gears and do Club Dread and then Beer Fest, which, you know, obviously is amazing. Um, you know, I think it's really cool to to see them try new concepts and, like, see what else they can do and what other, um, you know, universes they can build. Um, because I think they work really, really well together. And, you know, I the they've amassed such a following, not just for Super Troopers, but for the Broken Lizard brand. Uh, and, uh, and Kickstarter is a testament to that. I think it's really cool that they can show these big studios that it doesn't ha- – like, movies don't all have to be Avengers. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's great. We should have those. But we can also have these, like, smaller movies that are funny for, like – a more like niche audience and and people will go out of their way to support that like whether it's in the theater or you know on a kickstarter campaign like that's really cool yeah and i i hope to me there's two successes that kind of come out of this and i really <laughs> hope they continue in 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 the vein of them number one you know you see a lot of groups kind of form and, and like whether it's um Seth Rogen and um, James Franco and, and even Judd Apatow, Apatow like they're yeah. all they're all kind of in that <clears throat> clique, but but they're not known as something. These guys are known as Broken Lizard, and I appreciate that moniker given to them, and that's what that, that brand that identity is higher than their individual selves, for, you know, in this regard. Definitely. Right. And, and number two, to your point, I want to see them do other movies, and I really I'm not saying stick a middle finger up to like Hollywood, but just continue to do. Indiegogo campaigns and and whatnot, and get the movie. Like I hope it is a green light for them to be like, oh, we do have a fan base. Let's just do it with them, and we'll be all right. Yeah, it's a really good point. I mean, I hope that this movie and and you know, obviously Jay directing like all the Broken Lizard films. Like I hope now they might be able to have a little bit more power. I mean, I know that he alone kind of brought in a lot of the financing too. So hopefully they're they're able to you know in the next movie or project that they do, um, you know have more control in, in in terms of the back end like getting that um, money coming in like if they're able to produce like more outside of the studio and you know retain uh, more of the money coming in I think that would be really cool and then they can just grow and grow and and, and be you know more of a just have more resources. Yeah, well, I mean, with this, <clears throat> with the success of this movie, it, like for me as, as a fan of them, it just calls out. Well, then where's Weed Fest? You know, mm-hmm. that's what they talked about at the end of Beer Fest was when they ran into Willie. It was like that's another place. I, I'd be stoked to see him. I mean, if they're if they're going to recycle Super Troopers, why not recycle their second most successful entity, which is Beer Fest, and give us the sequel that we want there too? You know, ten years later as well. Yeah, it, it, it said <laughs> it was coming soon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, oh, that's that's what I'm hoping. Soon, soon starts to become more actual soon um and one of the things like i appreciate if 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 they continue this sort of indiegogo route like it almost makes them regular human beings yeah. some of the stuff that they're giving out like come you know it's a lot of money but like you know i think it's 15 grand come to a ball game with us and it's yeah. like okay well yeah. th- that in itself can spark you're you're connected to your audience in a in a very intimate way and the jokes for Future movies can kind of connect from that of like, oh, this happened at the ballpark. Why don't right. we incorporate that somehow? 
Yeah, and like the idea of like, you know, pay 10 grand and get in the movie, pay five grand, get a producer credit. Like, it's just, it's, it's like really cool stuff for people. Like, to be able to watch me and be like, hey, there's my name with my favorite people. Yeah, I, I think they really took the time to think about what would be cool. And, you know, I think um, I heard that they actually looked at, you know, campaigns that had certain rewards mm-hmm. and, like, you know, where people were kind of upset. And, and so they, went the extra mile to like think about what would be as a fan like really cool to have like okay let's definitely give them free tickets too like let's work with Fandango like let's you know do all these things that we can really support like give back to the people that are helping us like and I think that it's their care for their audience that a lot of you know movies just don't have it's not just that they like are like okay, people love us. Let's ride that. It's more like how do we reward them back? Like how do we stay, you know, or keep that relationship gold? Yeah, and the the marketing team behind it releasing a week after A Quiet Place and a week before Infinity War on 420 is is pretty genius, you know, for especially Perfect. for this yeah. movie. That's why I'm saying like make a sequel on 420 2020, you know, mm-hmm. something like that of Weed Fest and like we'll all be there again. You yeah. will make another, you know, what 17 12 how much do they make 12 million? Uh 17 million, 17 million? all in yeah. overall. Um but yeah, I mean well, again, that's going to obviously continue, I'm sure, but uh, you know, as far as the marketing too, what I appreciate, like, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't necessarily cost money either. So, for example, they did a whole uh, cross promotion with, I forget if it was Lyft or Uber, but they had a promo code because of 420. Like, hey, oh, go yeah, see the movie, yeah, get yeah. high, <clears throat> but you know, they don't, yeah. don't drive. Right. And it's a simple thing. It doesn't, it doesn't cost anyone money. It, you know, it, it's good for, it's good for Lyft. It's good for them as far as promotion. Yeah. So you're all in. Yeah. No, it's it's really cool that they like you know thought about all those things and and again it's just like it has all of it, it just seems like a passion project even though it's you know it's a movie and they do a lot of cooler things they're able to like uh, amp things up with you know much more production value and and get some some great cameos and stuff um, but it's still like you know their movie like they're making it all like they care about everything like they want it to succeed they want audiences to like it um so that's really cool absolutely any final thoughts before we wrap this out i think we've kind of said a lot of it but nonetheless no i mean go yeah, well, see it go see the movie yeah i mean oh, dude, it was so funny uh <laughs> well in that case where can uh, people interact with you guys more offline uh you guys can find me at andrew guy on instagram and twitter and on this video let us know what your favorite moments were in super troopers 2 i mean come on yeah that's a great idea i mean i'm i'm gonna chime in right now yeah. <laughs> um but yeah you guys can follow me jb everywhere at hey john blake uh, Twitter and Instagram. I've hosted a lot of shows on AfterBuzz TV, so definitely check those out. And you can follow me at Phil Svitek, and uh, our other normal hosts are at DMovies1701, that's Dimitri, and at Serafini TV for Marissa. Um, check us out, and yeah, I would love to, you know, a couple of things. Let us know how you rank the jokes, you know? <laughs> and even if you can't rank them, just bullet point them, who cares? Uh, there's just so much stuff to talk about and have fun with. And also, what sort of other thing you'd like them to go into. A lot of good stuff there. Um, Thank you guys, as always, for joining us yet for another Anatomy of Movie. And as always, we've got a lot of stuff in the archives for you guys to check out, so don't hesitate on that. 
lots and lots of movies to go through. And in the future, next week, in fact, we will be doing Avengers Infinity War. So lots to talk about there. And a big summer of movies coming up. So stay tuned for that. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next time on another Anatomy. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network.